Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. Fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. And Why fuck them all? See, have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. We're, right, we we're literally... We're on the edge. <laughs> we're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up! <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos. Um, I'm glad to be back. This is the, uh, the inaugural episode of uh, The Drive Home, covering my drive home from the gig. I thought it uh, might be a cool feature. You know, just uh, talking about what happened last week on the road, maybe some current events and other things that are on my mind, and uh, I think it'll be a nice compliment to the weekly uh, episodes of the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. So this week I was performing in uh, Northfield, Ohio, which is just south of Cleveland. I got to headline the uh, Hard Rock uh, Casino Hotel, or as they call it, the Rock Casino or race, you know, it's got a racetrack in the back, and, uh, you know, being somebody that's in recovery from gambling, having to hang out in a casino for a week is definitely, early on in my recovery would have been a a pretty big thorn in my side, but, uh, you know, I feel really, really good about my place and my recovery, and, uh, and it really didn't bother me at all. But uh, I know that I'm not 100% there yet because uh, I still get distracted by the slot machines and the noises and stuff. Like, because the one thing that always got me when I was uh, gambling was the penny slot machines and the bonuses. So it's like, and one of the things I really loved when I would go to a casino after a while of not being there was like seeing all the new slot machines that they had you know and and they had like an amazing way to hook you in by like connecting the slot machines to like your favorite movie or or your favorite tv show or you know especially things that you grew up with that were like a part of your childhood like um me and my brother got really into uh, when the first Star Trek machines came out, because it wasn't only just Star Trek; it was Star. It was like Star Trek, the television show. So it was, uh, you know, clips of Captain Kirk and Spock and stuff, and we just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And it was just like from there, it was all these different things. Like Jaws came out, and um, when Star Wars came out, forget about it. I mean. I can't even fathom the amount of money I lost on Star Wars slot machines. And it was so stupid because it was just the fact that you got to blow up the Death Star and you got to, like, work, you know, the uh, the TIE fighters and all this shit. And you're, like, you don't even notice you're down, like, 
$700 fucking dollars on a slot machine because you're like, I got to blow up the Death Star. This is amazing. Um, so I felt really good about that. And uh, the shows were, were really good. They were uh, kind of strange because the majority of the people that were coming to them were like really old people. And it's interesting that that, like, Northfield's only about 20 minutes south of Cleveland, but it seemed like the majority of the people that were at that casino were just really old people. Um, and then they gave us uh, coupons for the free buffet, and I'd like to chat about the buffet for a second, because I have some things to say about the, fr- the, the all-you-can-eat buffet at a casino. First of all, I think a lot of people uh, that are at that buffet wish that the plates that they hand out had sides on them, you know, because the amount of food that these people take when they go up there is ridiculous. I mean, I just, I don't get the fact of why you have to get all the food at once. Like it's all you can eat. They're not going to take the food away. The buffet's open till like 11 o'clock tonight. Like, they're going to keep replenishing it. It's not like you're going to get to a point and they're going to run out of shitty chicken fingers, you know? And, uh, and it's just amazing to me, like, uh, uh, what the hell do they call it? Like, the, the quality freshness of, like, the food, like, that there isn't somebody there kind of testing it as it, before it goes out to make sure that it actually has flavor and it's cooked all the way through and that type of shit because I mean some of the some of the chicken was so overcooked that it was really dry but I get that because you don't want people having food poisoning from the chicken but everything was dry it was almost like the food on the buffet had like a very specific shelf life and that's what always surprised me too about people taking a shit ton of food like by the time you got to all of it 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 like hardened up because it was out of the warming trays and like being exposed to the elements and it's just reacting to to dry air so the food like got cold and hard like within seconds um but it's just amazing to me when I go to a buffet now and I see those people that are like 700 pounds I just I cannot wrap my head around getting to 700 pounds like the amount of work that would have to go into you getting to 700 pounds I can't even imagine I mean you do you do you realize how much food that you would have to ingest on a daily basis uh to get to 700 pounds it's ridiculous I mean how would you not get tired after a while of of just chewing and swallowing like there's days where I eat a little bit more food than I would normally, and my mouth is, like, all fucking chopped up, uh, my jaw is sore, I have a stomach ache, you know, it's just, like, I'm overweight, obviously, but not, I would think, morbidly overweight, but, uh, I get tired in the afternoon, you know, I get tired after meals, I mean, I don't even know how, like, a 700-pound person even gets the gumption up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but it's just ridiculous, Anyways, I don't want to hate on them too much. You know, I, being a product of addiction, I understand food addiction as well. And I just find it hard to believe, like, how you can eat that much food and not get sick of it. Like, I mean, you would almost have to fall asleep 
with a sandwich in your hand and like the minute the alarm goes off you're just starting your day of eating like you immediately start shoving a sandwich in your face it's just ridiculous um so that i spent a lot of time at the buffet um (laughs) watching some people matt holt the guy that i was working with this week we did a podcast together and he was telling me that he went there for lunch and there was uh a guy in a neck collar and a lady with a uh, bedazzled eye patch that were uh, reaching for the same spoon at the same time, and he said uh, he said it was enchanting. And so <laughs> that was another funny story from the buffet. But he also said, you know, I don't know if I have the killer instinct to be at this buffet, and that's what it almost seems like. You know, you almost have to be like elbowing people and and doing shit trying to get trying to get the food that you want to get you know before somebody takes it i guess but uh i i'm just not a big fan of the buffets i was telling matt that uh there's a uh a chinese buffet in my neighborhood that's always really busy and me and my wife would drive past and we're like man this this buffet is really busy it's crazy um so one day we decided to go in there and we we're like, whatever, let's just do this. And um, it actually wasn't that bad, but I figured out pretty quickly why it's so popular. It's because the buffet is $5. So it's like, all oh, you can eat $5. But the, uh, the interesting thing is that they have signs up that say that if you don't, if you waste food, that they're going to add money to your check. So they like come and they eye up your plates and if there is anything left on the plates, they actually do some kind of calculation and they add more money to your bill like that you, you were wasting food or something like that, which I kind of like that idea, you know, cause people take, I know I do it. I'll go and take a plate full of food, like six different items, just a little sampling of things up there and try to figure out what's good and what's not good and usually I have like a plate full of food that just fucking you know gets thrown away so I mean I think it's a good idea a lot of people were pissed off about it but there's signs everywhere that says it and that's that's why I think it's stupid too people are kind of idiots you know they don't read anything they just kind of bebop through life like everything's fine and then when somebody tells them they're doing something wrong or or they need to be accountable for their actions they play this like oh i don't know i didn't know like what and it's like no you know read the fucking signs you know come on but uh yeah it was a fun week it was interesting too because we had an mc this week um that was just like one of these guys that wanted it to be known as much as he could that he doesn't usually mc like that he's a headliner and he's a feature and he's a a working comedian and and he's just doing this because you know he lives in cleveland and and he's just taking the work because he needs the money or whatever and it's like me and matt were talking about it and it's like who gives a shit you know when i MC at the house of comedy in in minneapolis i'm i'm not talking to every you know the headliner and the feature that week or whatever about how how amazing i am and how i always headline and feature I just do my job, you know, I do my time, I do my job, and I get off the stage, and uh, there was one show where he was just driving me crazy, because it was, I think, Late Show Friday, 
and uh, there was a drunk lady in the crowd, and she was being really boisterous, and she was, like, yelling out and stuff, and uh, it really rattled him, which was surprising to me, because if he was as much of a seasoned professional as he said he was, like, why would you get rattled by a heckler? Like, you know, we deal with it every day. But it seemed to, like, really rattle him. And when he got off stage, he was so fucking mad. He was like, he was like, God, that bitch, he, she really fucked me up. Like, I didn't even know what to do. Like, I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then the worst part about it is, like, when somebody does that, I think the best course of action is just to ignore them. You know, just move on with your act. Pretend like they don't exist. Because after a while, they're going to lose interest in heckling you because you're not responding to them. And now they just look like an idiot, you know? Do you know how embarrassing it is when you're at a comedy show and you're in the crowd and you yell something at the comedian and he completely puts you on the pay-no-mind list? Like, you look like a complete fucking idiot. Because it's like... It's like that moment where... Uh, where you're, like, at a dinner with friends or you're at a party with people and uh, you think somebody's talking to you, so you're saying things to them, thinking you're having this, like, really interesting, you know, in-depth conversation and uh, you realize they're talking to the person right behind you, you know, and they get to that moment where they're like, oh, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? And, like, oh, shit, no, you know. It's an, an embarrassing moment and I think comics kind of forget that, like... If somebody's yelling at you in a show, just ignore them. Move on. Because after a while of them just yelling out with no response, people around them will start to be like, listen, it's obvious he has no interest in engaging you. Why don't you shut the fuck up? Like, you're bothering everybody. And I just, I don't know what that is either, where people can Because we had it a bunch of times this week where people were yelling things out or trying to get involved with the show. And I think I've said it time and time again. I think that comes from truthfully like youtube stars and reality television where everybody believes that they should be the one that's in the spotlight like it's almost like people can't handle watching somebody else um get exposure and be the one in the spotlight without them interjecting their two cents you know because it's like definitely in the last five years I've seen a dramatic change with people yelling out at shows and trying to be a part of the shows and making comments like I can do what you do you know I just I just don't want to or something like that and and uh it is frustrating after a while because coupled with that <clears throat> I think is our society right now has a real like ADD mentality where you can't focus on one thing for too long, you know, it's, you know, a thousand channels on TV, you know, you got four million songs in your iTunes, you know, like, I don't know if you're like me, but when I listen to my iTunes, I'm listening to like 58 seconds of a song and I'm just skipping around and like listen to a bunch of different things. And for people to sit down and listen to a comedy show for like 90 minutes, it's asking a lot sometimes you know, because they just, they don't have the mentality to be that focused for that long, but anyway, so this lady was yelling at him, and then he got off, and he was all pissed and everything, so he goes back up uh, after Matt, and he's gonna bring me up, and he just starts making references to her, like, oh, looks like somebody finally quieted down, like, what the fuck are you doing, like, she hasn't talked for, like, 20 minutes, She's settled into being an audience member. She's not bothering the show anymore. And now 
you're giving her the opportunity to start up again. I got so mad. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? She's done. I know you're still angry and you wish you could get a couple more shots in on her, but it's just like, be professional and and move on with the show, you know? But he was uh, just a constant problem all week. Like Friday Late Show, after that whole ordeal, I got done with my set and I was like, thank you, good night. And I walked off stage and then it was just like this awkwardness because apparently he had left. And initially I thought he left because he was mad at the whole situation and just didn't want to be involved with the end of the show at all. But it turned out that he was going to another show uh, to do more work that night, which I found kind of shitty because I'm like, if you get hired as an MC, like the whole point is you start the show, <clears throat> you introduce everybody, and then you end the show. And leaving before it's over is kind of a dick move. And he did the same thing the next night. But it's it's so hard. I, I can't tell you how hard it is. Because, you know, you meet everybody on, like, Wednesday or Thursday, whatever the start of the week is. And now you're stuck together until Sunday or Monday or whenever the week is over. And it's usually, you know... 99% of the time, it's a three-person show. There's an MC, there's a feature, there's a headliner, and it's all the same the whole week. So now you're with this person, these people, for four or five days, and sometimes you're staying in the same house or the same apartment, so you're kind of forced to interact with each other, and when when things get awkward or, or people don't get along with each other or there's, you know, it's it's hard to argue with people over what they're doing on the show because you know that you're going to be with them the rest of the week so it's just this awkward thing where me and Matt are like you know we just don't like what this guy is doing but we can't really say anything because we don't want it to be awkward for the rest of the week so we just you know make nice and just chat pleasantries when we're both just trying to be miserable you know but uh I think all in all, it was a good week. I had a I had a really fun time at the Hard Rock, and uh, you know, it it was one of the first times I really felt like, you know, a big headliner. Like it 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 felt good. You know, I was up on the uh, the big marquee outside, although they had the wrong credits for me. I walked up and I saw my picture, and I was like, "Wow, that's really cool!" And it said, "As seen on BET Bounce TV." And, you know, in the movie uh, Soul Plane or something like that. And I'm assuming those were the credits for the black guy that was there the week before. But I don't want to cast any dispersions. <laughs> but um, so I took a picture of it. And I put it on Facebook and my wife was like, when were you going to tell me you were in, uh, you know, Soul Plane and you're going to be on BET? Um, I got so much shit for that, but I was like, I don't really give a shit. Like, I like the fact that there's a big billboard of me. It was pretty cool. So, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, first, first, uh, delve into, uh, the podcast called The Ride Home. Um, you can get all the episodes of all the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcasts at Podbean and iTunes and, uh, check out my live streaming radio at largedrunkman.com. It's got all my uh, upcoming dates if I'm coming 
near you. Make sure you catch a show. Working on a ton of new stuff. I'm hoping to uh, to tape and put out a new album by 2016. So I'm trying to work on that real hard right now. But uh, thanks again for tuning in, and uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows.